Welcome to Trends and Tensions, presented by BHDP, where we discuss trends in architectural and interior design and the competing priorities or tensions that arise from integrating new ideas into existing organizations, enterprises, and institutions. This episode, we are joined by Shannon Skaggs, president of Quantum Health, Samantha Delabar, workplace design leader, and Bill Thiemann, director of experiential graphic design at BHDP. In this episode, Designing with Empathy, we discuss how different types of empathy inform design and how it can be a crucial element to enhance the work our clients, like Quantum Health, do every day. I'm your host, Brian Trainer, a workplace strategist for BHDP, and I'll let our guests introduce themselves further. Hi, Brian. I'm Samantha Delavar. I'm one of our interior design leaders here at BHDP. I sit here in our Columbus office, so excited to, to chat with you all today around empathy. Thanks for that, Sam. And the other BT, seeing as I'm the original BT at BHDP, do you introduce yourself, sir? Hey, BT. This is Bill Thiemann. I am the Director of Experiential Graphic Design at BHDP, and I lead a talented group of designers in bringing our clients' brands and messaging to life in their spaces. Thanks for that, Bill. Welcome to your first program. And our last guest, also first time to the program, Mr. Shannon Skaggs, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Shannon Skaggs, president of Quantum Health, uh, located here in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to it. What we're talking about today is empathy and design, and we wanted to talk to you because empathy is a big part of your business. Can you tell us a little bit more about Quantum and why empathy is important to what you do? Yeah, so Quantum Health is in the business of care coordination and navigation in the health benefits space. You're probably saying, okay, I still don't know what that is. So what we do is really help people navigate. Our firm belief is that no one should have to go through a healthcare journey alone. The background of our organization and our leadership team, self-included, is in the, from the retail space, helping people navigate how to buy things physically in stores, brick and mortar, and digitally, who is my background. So we just took some of those common practices from retail and applied them to healthcare. And turns out if you help people from the very beginning of their journey completely to the end of their journey, whatever that means to a new normal, you not only make a better experience, but you also save money for the employers that buy the service. So we really help people through some of the toughest times of their life, whether that's something as irritating as a claim, if you've ever read an EOB and that cryptic <laughs> piece of paper or email that you get all the way to something more significant and life-altering like a cancer journey. Those are the things that we do for employers so that they can take care of their employees and their families. So it sounds like empathy is critical to what you do because you're walking hand-in-hand with folks through some difficult life challenges. We are in healthcare, but when we look for, we call them healthcare warriors because they fight for what's right for members. We look for people that have the empathy gene, as we kind of say around here, that they can sense, they can put their self and other people's shoes and understand what they might be going through, the struggles that they can vocalize and they can't vocalize or don't know the secret language of healthcare to figure out and make sure that that's the drive. We'll teach them healthcare. Um, Of course, our clinicians have to come from healthcare, but a lot of our frontline warriors come from hospitality. They come from provider offices, somewhere where they've had to look people in the eye and solve problems now. And they couldn't hang up and say, hey, I'll call you back and give you an answer. This is solving in real time and also figuring out what's really the question behind the question that they're asking. Sometimes when in healthcare, people ask a question like, I need an ID card. Can you get me that? 
they're not just collecting ID cards to pin them up on the wall. There's most likely some care getting ready to happen. And if you don't kind of put yourself out there and be empathetic to their situation and say, hey, I got your ID card on the way. I've emailed it to you. Can I look up some providers for you? What kind of care might you be going on? How can I help you? That's that extra step. We say empathy plus compassion equals trust in our business. So if oh, you don't wow. build trust, you're not going to have that conversation that may be a little embarrassing, especially in the healthcare space, or might be that I can't afford my medication. So that empathetic person helping you, whether that's on a phone or a chat, that's really the essence of why empathy is so important for us as a business. Sure. Now, ultimately, this is the design podcast. So we understand, you know, the value of empathy within your culture. I want to talk a little bit about the project. So that's what brought our relationship together. And I want to pick on Sam a little bit. And if you could talk about what's the project Quantum is going through right now and how does empathy interweave into the design? Yeah. So again, we were fortunate to engage with Shannon and his group. Oh, gee, Shannon went almost a year and a half ago to really reimagine what their future headquarters is going to be. As Quantum is going through this growth, it's trying to imagine what is that right space for these healthcare warriors that he obviously is very passionate about. So project was engagement from a strategic level that, Brian, you ran, of course, as entertaining and impactful as that was. We really, truly believe in order to have that empathetic view on our clients for our projects, we need those engagements. So engagements with leadership. So again, to get kind of Shannon and his leadership's insight as to where this future headquarters is headed and, and what it should look like and what it should represent, as well as focus group insight. So helping to get into the eyes of those healthcare warriors, it was equally as important to, to kind of speak to them. So project was led from strategy through concept design, and now we are in construction and had great integration with Bill's team to really help understand and dig into Quantum's brand, who they are, so that we're making sure every experience that not only a healthcare warrior walks into, but also prospective clients and leadership and staff, that represents who they are. And to be honest with you, it was quite the effort, and I'll have Bill kind of speak to that a little bit. It took us a lot of engagement and understanding to truly understand who Quantum was. And I and we've gotten there, right, Shannon? Your engagement and passion to make sure your space aligns with who you guys are was far most important. And it, it the effort we took to get there, you know, we finally connect the dots and, you know, you didn't want to look like everybody else. I think um, you guys helped us when we would articulate things like, you know, we want to walk into the space and feel the energy of the human beings that work here, the warriors that work here at three o'clock in the morning, in the morning when no one's yeah. in the building or in the room, it has to be uniquely quantum. And I'm sure a lot mm -hmm. of clients say that, but, you know, putting meat on that bone is hard as we all found out really quickly. Okay, great. You want it to be different, but what's different look like for you? What is yeah. empathy in this case? Why is empathy important? You know, if we don't take care of our employees, they're not going to take care of a complete stranger at, at the beginning of their interactions, like a family member. So it's really important. But you guys drew that out of us in a way. And I think the beauty of that too is bringing research-based organization we tapped into focus groups across the enterprise yep. and we heard some really good stuff and we heard some stuff that I wouldn't have loved to hear, but Hey, I'm glad we know it now. So, uh, yeah. And, we yeah, and Shannon, as we dug into your infancy of how your company even began from the marketing team that created your brand, it was this aha moment 
Right. And I think that is really that thing that unleashed the creativity to integrate it and embed it into the project. And then for you all to go, ah, this feels like us. And that is the most inspiring and almost award-winning thing in our mind that we finally, we finally nailed it. Shannon and your team, one of the most consistent things that you brought in every one of our reviews is this drive to represent the culture in the space, throughout the space. As you said, it's important to make sure that we're taking care of our healthcare warriors. And while that's a very serious and professional delivery that you have, what was really interesting about this is once we did discover the brand, the creativity and the, what I'll call the fun, playfulness of the brand came through. And I think that allows you to perhaps present the brand in a not so serious way, giving your customers when they come to the space and certainly your employees when they're experiencing the space, a relief. You know, it's kind of a relief that I can come to this space and enjoy what I do and what I work as difficult as it is. Yeah. So, Bill, if you could, we we haven't had the chance to really dive into experiential graphic design. How was it applied to quantum? Like, how do you bring out the culture and such in experiential graphic design? So experiential graphic design is, in a way, putting the finishing touches on a space where we're helping a company or an organization bring their brand to life and their culture to life through what we call story. And the story or the messaging that we create has a narrative piece and a visual piece to that. And so we add this narrative, these messages, and the complementary visuals to help just bring a space to life. And that can then help set a tone for different areas within the office. Collaborative spaces need certain functional tools and certain messaging, inspirational messaging and visuals to help promote how that space is to be used. Where in other areas, in quantum specifically, there's a couple of respite areas we create a very sort of peaceful and calming experience so that employees can go there and take a mental break from their day-to-day activities. So everything that we do within the space is about bringing a story into that area, particular area, and making sure that it's delivered on brand. And that's the piece where we talk about, you know, the quantum brand being this very professional delivery of an assistant to help you through this healthcare journey but at the same time in a very playful, sort of relaxed way of, of coming about it. It's, it's interesting. I, I did want to share the story. The journey component is something that we very much think about as someone moves through a space. They navigate through a space, and as you go through a space, you do have different experiences from the moment you come through the front door and are welcomed or received through where you might find time to take a coffee break or a respite area in this case. It's sort of an analogy for the journey that these employees are taking their customers through, right? They are journeying through the healthcare challenges that they may be faced with. And what's interesting is the quantum brand uses the Wizard of Oz yellow brick road as a bit of an analogy for that. And it's even reflected in their icon that they have developed for their logo. It's a a large cue with this sort of abstraction of the yellow brick road. So right down to the core identity, they have established what their position and how they help others through that one very visual component. 
So it sounds like a, a, the key component in designing with empathy in, in all of these is to understand the client or like the person, who they are, how they got there and where they're going. That brings you to them at that moment in time. And then you understand the goals going forward. Is that a fair assumption or am I oversimplifying? That's a, no, that's a great assumption. In fact, the key to all of everything, what you just said is that listening is the most important characteristic. Shannon, his team, his managers, they know not just their employees, but their customers better than we will. And so yeah. taking the time to just listen, ask great question, that really helps us put the proper frame of mind and understanding the putting ourselves in their shoes, empathy approach. I think far too often people are quick to rush to I have a solution or I've got an idea. Time for that will come. And I think we learned that, right? I think even in this exercise in developing this space, there were a couple opportunities here where we maybe rushed too soon. And we had to pause and say, wait a minute, let's step back, make sure we're listening, we're reassessing, and we're putting that empathetic perspective into what it is that we're doing. And I think we've been much more successful in bringing that brand to life in this space. Two of the things that I was impressed with with this project from the beginning, the very first day we went up to the headquarters in Columbus, I remember that on the outside of the building was the warrior code in great big letters. And before I even got through the front door, I knew something special happens here. But the other piece was when we had our leadership kickoff, we did get to bring experiential graphic design with us from the very beginning, which is something that we'd often wanted to do, mostly because we could load up our side of the table for Red Rover, but two, so they could hear those experiences from the beginning. I think we, we were able to bring Lisa from our office and Bill's team along with us. And that's great because she's working on the project now. But the other piece that I really wanted to dig into with Shannon, what got me from that first leadership meeting is that you wanted to engage with as many employees as possible. Like how can we touch as much of the population as possible? But one of the key questions was about sanctuary space. You know, what does sanctuary look like to you? And that was a key question in our focus groups. And I want to know why was that important to Quantum to provide sanctuary space for employees? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. You referenced the research that we did that even people told stories about the Wizard of Oz and how healthcare was similar to that. We did a narrative logic study for two years to figure that out. They would tell stories. They keep coming back to Wizard of Oz. It's like the trees are throwing apples at you. There's there's <laughs> yeah. monkeys. Is that a good witch or a bad witch? Uh, there's this magical path that, you know, in this case, my doctor's telling me to go down. And I don't know if there's a good thing at the end or a bad thing. So through that narrative logic study, we also did um, a study of what our consumers need from a company like Quantum Health. We took ourselves out of it. We just said we built this whole company around consumers. What do they need? So after all these focus groups... We boiled it down to five pillars that we have, and the first one is sanctuary, a safe place where you can ask any question, express any sort of fear that you may have in any way that it really strikes you and that there should be someone there with expertise, which is our second pillar, to help you along that journey. So I think this idea of sanctuary was born out of what our consumers need. Think of your own healthcare journey or someone in your family us for the leadership that came from retail, those are pleasurable things when you go buy stuff like a TV or a pair of shoes or something like that. Healthcare is not that. It happens to you. No one wakes up in the morning, I don't think so at least, and says, hey, I want an MRI. It's kind of forced into your life and you have to make decisions really quick in a subject area that you're not familiar with. It has its own language. It's got all these weird words and I don't know what they mean and all these forms. So 
this idea of providing sanctuary for people going through those journeys is critical to the experience we create. So then if you have to provide that for your consumers, you must create that in our world for your employees. So sanctuary for our members can only be enjoyed if our warriors have it. We're known for giving away all kinds of food. We have free food all over this building. Of course, you know, from time to time, someone will raise their hand and say, how much money are you spending on food? It's not the money and it's not a recruiting tactic. It's to provide sanctuary for our employees that if they forgot to eat breakfast, grab a bagel, grab some oatmeal, grab whatever it is you need, and don't worry about it. You should feel like the second you walk through the warrior creed on the front door and into the space, you're in sanctuary. We all have yeah. busy lives and there's a lot going on. We can't make all that go away completely, but we at least can create an environment where you feel like you have that sanctuary. So if you do that for our employees, we see that they transfer that directly to our consumers and our clients. So that's yeah. why we, we beat on that sanctuary drum so often. I think what really hit home to us is when someone said, I go out to my car to cry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, God, we need to provide a place for them to get away. And that just pulls on our heartstrings. So that's sanctuary to us, at least, which is one of the five pillars that we, we've built this business around. And we check in like it's our North Star. Yeah, it was interesting to me as we did multiple focus groups, how that theme kept coming up. And all I could think of was when you're on an airplane and they instruct you to put your own oxygen mask on before helping others, you know, and it's that whole concept of care for the caregivers. You know, if you're going to help somebody else, we got to make sure you're taken care of so you don't pass out helping them. You guys are trying to provide the oxygen mask for the people taking care of others. Because that's what I wanted to allude to, too. We talked about prior to this conversation, the downsides of empathy. You know, everybody says empathy is a good thing, but sometimes it wears you out a little bit, you know, because you can have too much. Was there more to the downside of empathy than what you said before? Yeah, I would say there's a downside to empathy, which can be empathetic people really care, you know, so they they take (laughs) on others. How dare they? How (laughs) dare they, right? So as you can imagine... Sometimes a, a warrior here may interact with, you know, 30 plus individuals in one day, whether that's chats or calls or emails or whatever they're doing. They tend to take that baggage, which is great for the consumer. But as caregivers, uh, as warriors, we have to make sure that we provide them an outlet to kind of reset and recenter again, back to sanctuary to be able to get off a interaction with a say a, a member that can't afford their medication trying to make decisions whether to pay bills or take their cholesterol medication or something like yeah. that that's tough so our people we have noticed that we have to keep a very close eye on the mental health of our warriors classic it happens in hospital systems it happens in a lot of caregiving industries where people forget to take care of themselves because they are so empathetic to almost a fault where they take on everyone's (laughs) issues and they forget about their own. So what we tried to do through space design, that's why I think you even, you alluded to the fact that we, we, we take our work seriously. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So we try to have a more upbeat, lighthearted feel. We like to say a couple expletives in a sentence here and there. (laughs) We like to have a good time because what we're doing all day long is so draining and so tough and sometimes life altering or life ending, unfortunately, in some cases. There's some gravity to that that you have to offset with 
happy people that are really enjoying what they're doing and at the same time providing resources so they can go into a sanctuary space or a respite space. When we were going through the design process, you heard words like, I want this room to give a big warm hug. And <laughs> the beauty was that you guys were nodding your head and not saying, oh my God, they're smoking the good stuff over there. Well, yeah. we heard happy a million gazillion times. So having yeah. a happy space and what that means. It's a responsibility of a, you know, in my opinion, of a, a company, a brand, an employer to look out for the welfare of their, in our case, warriors and make sure they're doing okay. So checking in on them, providing them spaces, providing them resources, tools, respite. Sure. So we can't escape that this is happening during the middle of a pandemic, even recording this podcast. When we were doing the focus groups, culture and people being together was the batter for the success. The mix was people being together, family, culture, that sense of community. How has COVID affected quantum and the company culture? Yeah. First of all, we are in the healthcare space and, you know, during a pandemic, things like cancer don't take a day off. So being an essential business, making sure that we can still work. So some portion of our, especially our support staff went into a more remote work model, our pod operations, the team that's, you know, warrioring on behalf of consumers. Some portion went to a work remote situation where others worked in a more distance and we're operating now in a more distanced fashion. I would say how it affected us. There's a silver lining in this. I was able to witness a leadership team pull together in our world to stand up in less than 48 hours, two new facilities that we stood up in 48 hours and were already in and production ready to help members as they were navigating this also, right? So they had just as many questions in a safe way with all the wellness screenings and all the things that you had to do. So from a facility standpoint, that was kind of a big lift, but then, then it came down to how does a model like ours where clinicians, customer service, transplant specialists, they're all kind of working together and that's kind of the magic. Our team stay in about sizes of no bigger than 30, 32, based on military science, the size of effective teams. So how do you keep them together and interacting when some members are remote or some members now have plexiglass between them? What I would always say is that you've met some of our warriors. They're creative. They will find a solution no matter what. A lot of people have been using tools like Teams and chat. Others, you know, posted notes reverse on their plexiglass at their desk. <laughs> All kinds of innovation has happened. What we did see, though, in the study that we did, we took a couple pods and had them work remotely. There was a decline in the remote workforce of our pods specifically, which is a kind of tight-knit group that works together. Think of them as almost like a little SWAT team. Right. There was, there was about a 12% declination in productivity for the pods that worked outside of our facilities versus the ones that we're in. That may not sound like a lot, but when you're 12% across 1.5 million members across, you know, eight to nine interactions. Remember, that's a lot of interactions that didn't go as smoothly as we would like them to have. Obviously, not an ideal world to do business in, but at the same time, the safety was paramount of our people and our members. So you know, sure. being able to navigate that and make the right decisions. Yeah, 100%. So it's like, uh, how do we keep them safe so they can keep other people safe? Because yeah, the whole cancer doesn't take a day off is powerful. Brian, I would say that the whole idea of empathy works across even in a remote situation because you can't replace the 
emotional and the compassionate side of the empathy. And I think Shannon's team has done a fantastic job of continually going back and getting diverse perspectives from any number of people, other leaders, managers, the employees, even our consumers. But that has helped us to basically stay on target, on task, and to continue to deliver. But I just think that this empathy component of it, there's such understanding throughout the company that it it works even in a remote situation. And, and just having the conversations and you can still pull out the emotional, you can still pull out the compassionate components of of the, the understanding that we need to have to deliver a successful space. Sure. Yeah, Sam, did you want to add on to that? How can companies and designers you know, foster mm-hmm. that connection to maintain that empathy, especially yeah. in a virtual environment? Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously it's been a little bit challenging because I think we are most successful when we get to co-create, right? When we're in the room together, when we get to feel kind of the emotions that, that everyone's feeling from anything that we present or show or engage with. So uh, having to do things virtually, of course, has been a little bit challenging, but it's still that human connection. When we are able to see each other and we are able to connect, you know, through the better technologies now, that's, that's been a plus, but to really get that the touchy feeling and the warmth and that that true impact on how our design can be for the users, I don't know. I'm still have it in the room and let's just totally feel you know what everybody's feeling and is this the right the right approach? We've been able to make it make it happen. Not the ideal world, but again, I think that human connection is still key with communication. I remember that experience at Quantum and all of those focus groups better because there was something tactile about it as well, you know, moving yep. through the space and being in the room. And we've had focus groups with other companies since the quarantine where we've done them virtually where I hadn't met all of the team members yet and I haven't been in their space. And there's a stronger connection for me with quantum because we were in the room together, because we were putting Mm -hmm. things on the wall. There is something about that person to person experience. Now empathy can be done virtually and we found ways to make it work, but it just feels like that connection is stronger in person. It for sure is. And as we are kind of looking at our design philosophy internally and looking at more purposeful design and and what that means in order to to create amazing results, um, both from an empathetic side as well as kind of that memorable experience exciting side it is that emotional connection so if we can truly get into the shoes of the users and especially for a client like shannon and those warriors that we need to get into their shoes so that we can understand that compassion and that trust that they need to have for their customers on their phone. So it's kind of a little bit of a, a double whammy there. But yeah, being engaged in the room together by far is, is what is needed for us to connect with them emotionally and to really feel what they're feeling. You can't read it on a piece of paper. We need right. to have those physical interactions just to have those those moments of aha and those moments of compassion. Well said, Sam. Thanks for that. Bill, Shannon, Sam, is there anything you want to share before we go? Any final pearls of wisdom? I'll look to you first, Shannon, if you'd like to. Yeah, I might be out of pearls over here. I don't know. I'm not a pearls kind of guy, but I guess I could try. I would just say we're in healthcare. I referenced a, a more digital and retail background that I have. End of the day, you're interacting with people in some way, shape, or form, whether it's with space, a product, a service. Maybe it sounds cliche, but understanding them at a more primal 
level to understand what really drives in our world. It's the pillars and sanctuary and warrior and all the things that we talk about. It may feel like a lot of work on the front end, but it pays off because understanding those primal drives helps inform a project like this that we're working on a headquarters. You can't get it out of your DNA because it's all you think about and you bounce your decisions against it all the time. At the same time, if you have new employees, they come into a new place, they don't know people, it's like their North Star where they forgot what training was about on this topic. I guarantee if you bounce it against our pillars, you'll find the right answer. So I think some of that understanding and deep, you know, kind of narrative logic studies, whatever the tool is that you use to get there, in our case where we did focus groups with you guys, you know, to understand what our people really needed and what sanctuary meant, understanding that. That's step one, but then executing it and sticking to it. There's going to be times where you really like the look of this or that tile matches the stuff in my kitchen. I like it. It doesn't matter. Does it bounce against yeah. the fillers? Is it what the research says? And make that decision. Change the tile in your kitchen at home. Make the right decision for the business and the people that are going to be in it. Yeah, it has to have that real connection back to it. How about you, Bill? Any final thoughts? I like the way Shannon has positioned that. I think that the fact that they understand their consumers and what we do is designed for people, right? So that's about the behaviors and the fact that that married with their understanding and our understanding of the employee base and the consumers allows them to be bold enough to put that statement on the wall that says no one should have to go through the healthcare journey alone. It establishes their position very clearly it reinforces to employees day in and day out that this is the behavior that we expect you to have. And I think it just helps set the tone for the overall space. It says to me that this organization, the quantum brand, understands who they are and does a tremendous job to communicate that in every aspect, including their three-dimensional spaces. Thank you, Bill. Sam? So yeah, I wanted to just kind of mention, I just recently read how empathy fuels motivation. So to have that empathetic approach to anything that we're doing. And again, in Shannon's world, it's about the caregivers. In our world, it's about understanding the caregivers, right? So we can be in their shoes. In my mind, the motivation is also with the inspiration, right? So that is our inspiration to create this amazing experience and environment in collaboration with, with Bill's team, right? With our EGD team to really understand their brand and deliver on those results so those people can walk into the space and, and truly feel quantum and have their sanctuary spaces we wouldn't understand that unless we took this empathetic approach to our designs. This has been delightful. Shannon, it's always a pleasure. So <laughs> Sam, Bill, Shannon, thank you all. Thank you for joining Trends and Intentions presented by BHDP for this episode, Designing with Empathy with Shannon Skaggs, president of Quantum Health, Samantha Delabar, workplace design leader, and Bill Feeman, director of experiential graphic design at BHDP. If you appreciate what you've heard, please rate, subscribe, and give us a review. I'm Brian Trainer, your host, and I hope you'll join us for another episode of Trends and Tensions to see what topics drive design.